Hi friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna, and here's to all of us marching together. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me. A show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. Let's start with some shout outs for our loyal listeners. That's right. So today we'd like to thank Jordan, Jason, and Jamie. Big shout-outs. Big J. Thank you, and thank you to all of our subscribers from the bottom of our hearts for giving us a reason to keep talking psych to you every week. And please keep telling other wonderful humans about the show and leave a review on Apple if you haven't already. Like a good one. Or if you don't like it, tell us. (laughs) If you do like it, leave a review. Okay, so we're still in the midst of our mini-podcast series on Toxicotomy, focusing on the psychology of the seven deadly sins, plus one bonus sin that we talked about last week, melancholy. Mm, Melancholy. Pop quiz. Which sins are left, Brian Luna? Sloth. Gluttony. No. No. No, I said sloth. We already did. Yeah. (laughs) Gluttony. Yeah. Lust. Yes. Vanity. Pride vanity. Pride vanity, yeah. And, uh... Oh, uh, envy. Nice. You win. Yeah. You thanks. win sins. Na, 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 Does this mean sin. you're like really good at sinning? I'm really good. <laughs> I actually have 14 sins, deadly sins. Nice. What's like number 13? Talking during a movie. Talking during a movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So today, speaking of talking, we're going to be talking about the psychology of pride oh, in nice. honor of one of my favorite months, Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Pride Month feels especially meaningful this year as we have Black Lives Matter protests in the streets every day. Another black man, Rayshard Brooks, killed by the police in the midst of everything just yesterday. Yeah. Because what I think most people don't realize is that Pride Month is actually the celebration of the anniversary of the Stonewall Inn protests. Yeah. So every year when we celebrate Pride, we're celebrating a movement that started with protests. So you might know this already, but can I share a bit of Pride Month history with you and our listeners? Of course. So the Stonewall Inn protests happened in June 1969 at the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar in New York City that was frequently raided by the police. And on this particular night, police officers started rounding up people at the bar, arresting them as they often did. But for some reason this time, they resisted. Many historians credit the gay black activist Stormé Delarvier for throwing the first punch and calling on the crowd to do something. Others credit trans activists Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera. But each of these women, they were actually interviewed and they deny being the ones that started the rebellion. And each of them say in one way or another that this was like a community uprising, that there was no one person that started it all, which I think is really beautiful. But this moment and the ensuing protests actually pushed gay and trans rights into the forefront of the nation's consciousness. Which is amazing because like when you think about the Pride Parade now and how amazing it is, it's like one of the greatest parades you'll ever... It's a very happy parade. Very happy. But if you ever get a chance to be part of it, everyone's so welcoming, so inviting that you forget that it started in violence. Yeah. So y'all, we're in the middle of history right now because... When we look back on these protests, no, no, not a protest, this movement, this worldwide movement, we're going to look back and we're going to be able to celebrate it and look back and say, this is what we fought for. And yes, it was violent. It was hard. It was hard to watch when we do look back 51 years from now and think, remember how it changed. 51 years ago, it was these wonderful people at Stonewall Inn who were there fighting the fight for all of us, all of us, just so that way we can see what equality really looks like. I hope so. 
with that in mind, what do you think Dante Alighieri and Evargius Ponticus would <laughs> feel knowing that the sin that they both thought was the deadliest of all the sins has an entire month dedicated to it? Well, I think pride back then meant something more of like being above God. Pride goeth before the fall, like, you know, the fallen angels. I, I think that's in reference to Lucifer, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, like he was, he was the one who questioned... Pride is seen as the kind of the prime characteristic of the devil. Right. So there you go. I do feel like you have told me some version of pride goes before the fall, like when we play video games together. <laughs> I think what you're talking about is when you, like, I know what I'm doing, and then run right into the, Leroy Jiggers! And, and you run right into... Fall. You fall. I have to rescue you, then I fall... And we have to start over from whatever stage we are. And this happens even in Legos. Like, we play all kinds. Like, I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait. No, 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 I got it. I got it. Oh, I'm dead. So pride could lead to demise. It could lead to hurting ourselves and others. Or pride could lead to an uprising, to improving our own lives and the lives of others. So how would you define pride today? Pride is having a sense of honor, a sense of happiness regarding an act, person, or movement, or something like that. Hmm. So I, I would. So it's say, feeling good about either what you did mm-hmm. or what someone ancestors or you associate uh, people, with. It. Yes, okay. yes, so yeah. exactly. People you associate with. I think that's a great definition. Pride, first of all, appears to be universal, cross-cultural, and it's usually defined as a feeling of satisfaction derived from one's own achievements or abilities, or the achievements or abilities of those we're close with. And I do think it gets a bad rap. I think it's misused a lot. Like, proud as a peacock. I don't think they're proud. I don't think they can help it. They got big feathers on their ass. Chased by a peacock. Yeah, but he wasn't proud. That was a proud peacock. (laughs) No, he wasn't proud. You were proud because you tried to get a picture with it and you sidled up right next to it and were like, He put me in my place, though. Well, yeah, but that not out of pride. I felt shame and humility. (laughs) So, is pride a sin or a virtue? Sin. I'm going to ask you this again when we get to the end of this podcast. Do that. Yes, please. Because I think we can get behind some dishonorable causes. Mm. And just because you have pride in something doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Mm -hmm. And I think about the Confederate statues that are coming down all over the country, well, in the South, and all these things that we've been so proud of, the Columbus statue, and now we're looking at it through a different lens and people are fighting it. Well, if we just look at even the definition you gave us up front, where pride is a feeling of honor or just satisfaction over something that you or your ancestors or anyone that you feel an in-group identity with, Mm-hmm. If you feel like, yeah, we did that, yeah. and then someone's telling you that's shameful right, and that right. that is actually like a smudge on our history, what does that do to your sense of identity? Right. Who are you now? Okay. So you're, you're saying you're on the we wrong were side. less prideful, we would all get along better. Right. Imagine if one day we woke up and we were like, oh, we are actually masters of evil. We were never the Avengers. That would suck. Yeah. Well, I thought I was following Captain America. It's Baron Zemo. Didn't that happen? Hey, let's not get into what Captain America... I can't control that they made Captain America a Hydra agent after 70-something years. But see, didn't years. that destroy your sense uh, of pride it, over it, your fanship and, for and Captain America? And I know there's so much more going on Is in the world right over? now. No. <laughs> there's, I know there's so much more, so many more things going on in the world, and this is, uh, you know, a trivial thing, but it really did hurt me when they brought out Captain America as a villain. But uh, that's probably what people who are seeing these statues, or like even the Columbus statue mm-hmm. being taken down or being petitioned to be 
taken down. It probably feels like being a fan of Captain America all your life just yeah. to find out that and, he was a Hydra and, agent. And look, I understand. I empathize with the people who are watching this change because it's happening so fast that it must be not even cold water, like cold spiky water with little hedgehogs and, and angry porcupines in it. That sounded bad at first, but now it sounds adorable. I would love that. But I remember in high school, I went to Robert E. Lee High School in Texas. Ooh. That's right. I did. I can't change that. But I did. Growing up, you're like, that's where you wanted to go to school because, Mm. not because of the Confederate history, but just the history of that school. And we had the Confederate flag as our symbol. They really baked it in there. They really baked it in. When we went over the Civil War in middle school, it was like, yeah, it was just a disagreement to brother against brother, you know, and that, yeah, they made it sound like it was this beautiful thing and that the country came together. What they didn't talk about is the racism, the lynchings. So my junior year going into my senior year, they decided to change the flag and... It drew so much attention. We were the first school in North America, if I'm not mistaken, to have metal detectors placed. We had federal agents there. We had the KKK. Because of the changing of the flag? Yes. Now, as football players, it meant changing our uniforms. I never once got up from a hurt knee or when I separated my shoulder and, and ever thought, God, I hope I made General Lee proud. (laughs) God, I hope he's looking down at me right now and thinking, oh, look at him. I'm so proud of him. Look at that shoulder hanging around like near his his waist. All I cared about was the guys I played with. What did you feel when the flag was changing? I didn't care. I didn't care. And a lot of my friends were like, why don't you care? Don't you understand what they're doing? Blah, blah, blah. It's so easy for our identities to get tied up in anyone that we perceive as successful or powerful or triumphant. Mm -hmm. And then we become confused about what's us and what's them. Right. And we have this like melding of our identities. Well, it was it was very sad because like what we didn't see was the pain it caused the black students that went to our school. No one sat to think, what does this flag mean to others? And it was just this pride of like, who am I and what's being taken from me? Okay, so let's let's get into it. I want to look at the research with you, talk about the psychology of pride and see the pros and cons. Because okay. on the one hand, you have people saying, no, don't take my flag, hurting others in the process. On the other hand, you have people marching for their rights yeah. because of their pride. So how about we settle this question by recreating a version of an experiment originally done by Lisa Williams and David DeSteno. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to show you some pictures that contain red dots. And we're going to... I like how we just like went from history and violence and protest to red dots. Because that's something we can control in the lab. Okay, so I'm going to show you some red dots. And what I'm going to assess is your rapid sensory perception skills. I'm going to ask you to tell me how many red dots you think there are in each image without counting them. Ready, set, go. Uh, nine. Uh, 11. Uh, 42. Uh, 71. Okay, I just calculated your score. Uh-huh. Your score is actually amazing. You scored in the 94th percentile. Hell yeah! Do you want to try with a harder set of sensory perception tests? I don't care. Bring it on. I ain't afraid of your sensory perception tests. Okay. Well, I don't have any harder ones because that's the end of the experiment. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about yourself, though? Did you just tell me and I didn't really get it? Did you not really even count? (laughs) This is bullshit. I get you every time, Luna. God damn it. You made me feel really good. Yeah, I did. Okay. I was... (sighs) Don't yell at me. I'm going to feel... 
you know. I'm sure. You know what? After this, we can count the actual. I don't want to count. You know what? Now I don't give a shit. Now I don't care. <laughs> so what? Can't Williams believe you did all that. Stato. You could have just. You could have just told me that I look good today, or that you uh, do look good today. I know I do. So what Williams and Destino found is that participants who reported feeling proud of themselves following a similar task mm. increased the time they spent on building their perception skills by forty percent compared with people who didn't feel proud. Does it say anything about wasting the participants' time? <laughs> Williams and Destino, did they ever say anything about like making them like building them up and then knocking them down? Did they say is there anything on there about that? What are those stats like? So in a separate study, researchers Weedman, Tracy, and Elliot interviewed students and runners and found that pride was a kind of effort and perseverance barometer with dips in pride encouraging people to put in more effort so they can get that sense of pride back what do you think does feeling proud make you work harder i think it opens the door for it i mean but i guess like think I, about yourself at the gym or think about yourself yeah when, when or doing I, any when, kind of work where you got it that's what i was saying feedback. like it opens the door because it pumps you up yeah you know what i mean like when you feel proud if you go to the gym and then you put on a pair of jeans and like, oh, look at these loosey goosies, you know? And then, and then you're like, I'm going back to the gym. Like, right. I want, I want to get even looser, goosier. And then what research suggests is that if you're feeling proud, you're feeling proud. And then you feel less proud, maybe because you skipped a day at the gym, that's actually going to get you back into the gym. No, oh, Okay. So it's like pride is a thing that we aspire to. It keeps us putting yeah. in that effort. Not only can pride make us work harder, it can also impact our resilience. So, for example, in a study by Goffnet and Paisley, they found that a sense of pride in one's identity helped trans teens and young adults feel a greater sense of well-being, even in the face of overwhelming challenges. Can you give me an example of that? Yeah. So they found that trans teens and young adults... <laughs> I mean, something specific, like... No, so so it was actually, like, taking the time to go, you know what? I feel proud of who I am. I feel proud of the work I did to either come out or to live in line with wow. who I really am. I feel proud looking back at history of the people who came before me, who have my shared identity, or the people that are around me now who are putting in the work, who are fighting for our rights, who are putting themselves out there and being real, despite the fact that it's literally risking your life. And I think that's beautiful to put like that. But, like, sometimes the wrong people are proud about the wrong shit. Yeah. Take everything you just said and put in someone with racist beliefs. Yeah. Well, uh, that's why it's super complicated. Yeah. So for now, I so just you still have to win me at, over that it's a virtue. Fine. Let me give you a study All that right. maybe hits a little closer to home. So on. this is a study by Gabriela Leva Stein and her team, and they found that Latinx participants who felt a sense of family pride had fewer depressive symptoms and more feelings of joy. I experienced a lot of pride with the Latinx community and that I grew up with, but I, more specifically, when this huge racism over uh, Mexican Americans and immigrants and all that stuff at the beginning of 2016 when Trump was getting elected. So all these people who looked like me and had last names similar to mine and hair like mine or whatever were deemed disgusting less and than. less than. And all of a sudden I felt my pride well up in my heritage. It was like my pride became a shield. So I started taking up more space. I was wearing t-shirts that said like chingon on them and stuff like that, you know, like vatos locos. vatos locos and I would wear these shirts so I would draw attention. So if someone wanted to be racist, they would look at me and be like, go back to where you came from, whatever. And then you, we'd have that discussion. <laughs> discussion in quotes. <laughs> So pride for you, it sounds like, was a shield for yourself, but also a shield for people that you identify yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Especially in oppressed or marginalized groups, a sense of pride in your identity, in your family, in your community can really be a buffering effect hmm. against some of the chronic stress and fear and anxiety that can come from being in a marginalized group. Yeah. So here's what's cool. So, well, maybe it's cool. You'll be the judge of that. <laughs> 
Um, Pride doesn't just make us like ourselves more, it can also make other people like us more. In a separate study by Williams and DeSteno, participants rated people who felt proud of themselves in response to the positive feedback, the phony positive feedback that they got in the prior Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Okay. They actually rated the people who felt proud of themselves as more likable. And another study by Jessica Tracy and Azim Sharif found that people associate images of individuals who look proud as being higher status. Hmm. Researchers even found that participants are more likely to hire a candidate who looks physically proud versus showing signs of shame, even though those two (laughs) fake candidates had the same exact resume. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Well, I think with pride, there's confidence. And with confidence, there's the idea of leadership. You aren't going to follow someone who doesn't look like they're sure of themselves or that looks shameful. Okay. So pride can make us work harder, feel better, make us come across as more likable or competent. Mm -hmm. Turns out feeling pride can even make us more likely to help others. So basically, it sounds like pride is awesome and not at all sinful. Still a sin. But here's where things get complicated. (laughs) Still a sin. I'm going to try another experiment on you, okay? I'm not counting dots. No, no dots. No, I'm not counting squares. I'm not counting shit. I'm not going to make you count anymore. All right. So this is a scenario based on the research of Jung and Shen. I want you to imagine that I am your supervisor, okay? (laughs) I'm going to take that laughter as a sign of joy. And delight. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. Because you should be so lucky. Okay, so where 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 do we work? We work in. What, what do I do? What's my job? Okay, you are you you're in my office, uh-huh. and I'm about to give you a performance review. What's my job? What do I do for a living? Uh, you are an analyst. An analyst? Yeah, you analyze. What things. do I analyze? You analyze numbers. What kind of numbers? Okay, Brian. I'm hey, gonna give you it's your important. performance review. I need to know what you're you talking analyze, about. You uh, analyze money numbers. <laughs> money numbers. I'm a money number analyst. Yes. So I don't think you should be my supervisor if you don't know what I do. <laughs> you know what? One of my strengths is that I delegate really well, so I don't get bogged down by the details right, of right, what your fine. job I'm is. I'm a money stuff analyzer. Great. <laughs> okay, so here I am. I'm your supervisor. <laughs> hey, Brian. Turns out you did better than the rest of the organization and better than any other department this past quarter. And as far as I can tell, your success is due to your incredible intelligence. You've done so well. And you are such an asset to this company that you're getting a promotion this year. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Uh, suspicious. <laughs> okay, it happened. It happened. Okay. Um, so now I'm going to be your direct report, Pat. Okay. okay. Um, Mr. Brian, manager, sir? Yes. Is it okay if I step into your office for a moment? Where we are is fine. Okay, I'll just talk through the doorway then. No, 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 I, I can hear you. Um, So I've been meaning to tell you that I made a few pretty serious errors in our um, record keeping of the money numbers. Okay. And uh, for the last few months, there were some pretty, you know, significant hiccups, but it's because I'm going through a lot in my personal life. Okay. End scene. How do you respond to Pat? Pat, listen, I want to care about what you're going through in your personal <laughs> life. I do. I want to care about can I, you, Is it okay if I come in now? No, you can stay right where, where, where we are is fine. You, you've already delivered the news. Let's, now you have to hear me. I've heard you sat through your little mealy mouth explanation of what's going on. And let me explain to you what now I'm going through. Uh-huh. For months, you've been making the same mistakes and you've seen it, right? Ooh. Is that correct? Um, well, you just told me you yeah. for months you've been making the same mistake. Yes, and now but I'm I was money- worried to tell you, Mr. Brian Manager, sir, because. What's your name backwards? Tap? Yeah, so tap your ass on out of here. Put on your tap shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. Tap your ass on out of here. I got to tap my little All computer. right, end scene, end scene. <laughs> so, it's been a while since I've been a supervisor, so that's Interesting. Kinda, I wonder why you stopped. That's kind of like, that's pretty much. 
Okay, so in the actual experiment, some participants were told that they had succeeded that year because they were lucky. Some were told <laughs> they succeeded because of hard work. And some, like you, you enormous a-hole, <laughs> were told that they succeeded because of their intelligence. Luck seemed to have no impact on how those participants later treated Pat. Mm-hmm. The participants who were praised for their effort were quite nice to Pat when Pat confessed that they had been making mistakes. <laughs> yes. But people like you, you giant jerk... <laughs> Who were praised for their intelligence were actually far more likely to be abusive to Pat. Which is what I just did. Which is what you just did. Yeah, it was really easy. Okay, so what happened? What do you make of this? You well, All of a sudden, you got pumped up on ego. Where well, you were told because of your <laughs> success in money analyzing. Money stuff. Money you numbers. all of a sudden became a jerk to Pat. So what's I don't know that? if I was a jerk to Pat. No? I think that's up to our viewers. All right, I, yeah. To, you don't have to be Judge Judy. You mean and, our listeners? Our, our... Where's that giant intelligence now? <laughs> Did you feel proud a little bit? Did you feel like a Maybe. little bit of weird pride when I told you you were really intelligent? I was very suspicious. I was, but I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can get on board with this. <laughs> and then um, that makes this is starting to make sense. So what made you turn against Pat like that? Because Pat came, er, um, er, e, er, er, you no know, pride. no pride, no confidence. And sometimes that kind of puts a big target on your back. Especially if you are someone who believes that your success is a result of your ability yeah. versus your effort. This is where the mystery of whether pride is a sin or a virtue starts to crack open a little bit. So psychologists Jessica Tracy and Richard Robbins, and now many others, have come to the conclusion that pride isn't one thing. It isn't two, two things. things. No, it's, it's two it's things. <laughs> pride is actually a two-facet construct. One type of pride is what they call authentic pride. This type of pride is usually sparked by feeling good about our efforts and accomplishments. It makes us work harder, and it makes us actually kinder to others. It even releases serotonin, which promotes well-being and social support. The other type of pride is called hubristic pride. Ah, hubris. This is the asshole pride. What? And this is what you just showcased for us in a moment with Pat. I was doing that just as an exercise Uh so people could see. (laughs) I can't believe that evil boss was lurking within you. No, 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 it wasn't. I think it had a lot to do with your performance. Oh, okay. Great. Thanks. So it's actually much more likely to be sparked, this hubristic pride, when we think that we aren't just working harder than others, when we actually think that we are better than others. Like gifted. Yeah, gifted. Talented. When we think about it as like our rights or our Right. We deserve to be there. Yeah, yeah. It tends to release testosterone, which is associated with more dominance and aggression. Uh Uh-oh. Which I think I just inadvertently (laughs) released in you. It's really feeling testosterone in this room right now. No, I was just kidding. Can you open the window a little bit to let some of the testosterone in? I don't think that's testosterone. Aw. So researchers Carver and Johnson also found that hubristic pride tends to be associated with a fragile ego. This is one of the weird kind of... Um, that makes sense. Does it? Because it, it feels like those two concepts clash with one another. To well, have this gentle, fragile ego while feeling good about yourself. If we're looking at our current leadership, we're seeing that that is exactly the case. In this country. In this country. The overinflated ego on someone who has shown numerous times cracks in the armor. I mean, even if you go back to that whole thing with the bunker that one night in the protest when... Trump was rushed into the bunker and the next day he was like, 
I, I was there to do a maintenance check. You know, I was there to make sure everything was working. I, you know, that we, there was a leaky faucet and I had to make sure that it wasn't leaking. And that was the only reason I was in there. I and didn't I'm know it was really great at fixing. I'm leaky really good at fixing. Leaky faucet. And it started very early on. And you could tell, I mean, any psychologist would look at that and say, this is a fractured ego. Right. And so hubristic pride is very often associated with this tendency to have hidden insecurities and then to act out impulsively and aggressively anytime you're challenged. Mm. Why do you think we would have evolved with these two distinct types of pride? One seems helpful to others. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why the other one would exist. Hubristic? Hubristic. So evolutionary psychologists believe that both forms of pride help us achieve social status. But authentic pride gets us there by making meaningful social contributions and helping others. This is often associated with like prestige, for sure. example, where we actually gain more and more social status by helping. Because people are like, oh, great, I can benefit from this. Mm -hmm. I want to seek it out more. Whereas hubristic pride gets a status through brute force and dominance and basically bullying others. But we still don't know why that's, from an evolutionary standpoint, we need Well, there that. are two strategies for dominance. So if you're big and strong and you have power, then bullying others might be a much easier way to get what you want. But I mean, surely you have to understand that one is long lasting and one of them is like a quick snack. But that's the thing. Like we're talking about evolution, right? So mm -hmm. our ancestors, their sense of power was often wrapped up in literally their physical strength hmm. and how many resources they had. Sure. So authentic power took a while to develop. Sure. Whereas hubristic power, if you're strong, you could just punch a bunch of people and all of a sudden you get to be, you know, king of the mountain or whatever. So in many ways, it's, it's really efficient. Yeah. In this day and age, it's increasingly less and less and less efficient to use bullying as your tactic. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is or it isn't because, again, if you look at our current leadership. Which, again, it just doesn't have long lasting. It's certainly see, riskier. Yes, you can't. But you can't see the legs on it, especially in this day and age where people are calling out more and more behavior right. uh, and making it obvious also very relevant to what we face today, researchers have found that authentic pride actually makes us more helpful to outgroup members, to people that we don't see as members of our own identity, awesome. whereas hubristic pride actually increases our sense of prejudice. Yeah. Wow. That's so, exactly what we were talking about at the beginning. You know, when you have people against this movement, all lives and all that other stuff that we hear, I mean, yeah, it's it's very scary. You can get behind the wrong cause and really believe in it, and that's who you are, and you can't go against it. But what it. the research is showing is that it really depends on what kind of pride is triggered in you. So if you think we deserve this, we're the rightful dominant group, and your identity is tied up in that, mm -hmm. that might trigger a lot of this kind of volatile, sensitive, hubristic pride. Sure. So... What is your current perspective on pride, virtue or sin? Oh, now I think it's still a sin. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't it be fair to say that authentic pride is the virtue, whereas hubristic of pride course, is the but, dangerous but one? But right now, the hubristic pride seems to be getting the more play. Getting Not necessarily. Like the most... I would say the people marching in the streets every oh, day. Of course, of course. But I, I'm talking about demonstrating against, pride. But against this hubristic, prideful side. Anyone who could look at what's happening and not feel any kind of empathy or care, especially what's happening with black men and black trans people, it's met with so much resistance. But from I wonder the other if side. we can understand that resistance in light of this hubristic pride, because even if you think about calling someone out on their privilege, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, just like what you talked about with flags and statues, I'm being told that these things that I had seen as a source of pride and achievement and accomplishment, someone is telling me I did not earn or my people did not earn. Mm -hmm. How do you help someone overcome that? I used to think history. I used to think education. Just by looking back and saying like, 
even in his last days, the most successful general of the Confederate side, General Lee, gave up his home, like gave where we bury our soldiers, our fallen soldiers. That was his home. Uh, you know, Arlington Cemetery was where his land was. That some of these people can look back on what they've done and think hmm. we were on the wrong side. And yet we can educate the people that look up to these people, you know, hundreds of years later and say, look, they're backtracking too. Okay, so you're saying take pride in the times where the people or the groups that you identify with actually learned and changed their minds Absolutely. and apologized. Absolutely. And feel pride in that. There's a pride in being wrong that people haven't tapped into yet on either side. Because it's an achievement. A willingness to admit that you're wrong is an achievement. Think about the first time you're learning math. And you get a problem, it's five plus four, and you go up to the teacher and you're like, 10. And they're like, no, it's not. Let me show you why it's not 10. And and you learn and you take that knowledge for the rest of your life. And you can feel proud of the fact that you learned versus feeling proud of the fact that you were right. The good news is that researchers have found that the kind of pride you feel, authentic or hubristic, depends pretty much entirely on your appraisal. So when you achieve success or when, to your point, when you notice that you've grown or the people that you identified with have grown, focus on the effort that it took versus on the fact that they were good or the fact that someone had ability or talent. Also, researchers Kretenauer and Casey found that if you want to feel good about the actions you're taking, focus on acting in line with your morals versus signaling to others that you are a good person, which is more of a representation of hubristic pride. Right. So like, let your actions speak louder than your words. Integrity is doing the right thing when no one's looking. Integrity, I think, also goes along with pride. Uh, when those two yeah. things are combined, then you have true leadership. But that's kind of complicated, right? Because right now there's this message, I think, going around in the world of like, silence is violence. And if you don't speak up and take a stand to support Black <laughs> Lives Matter, then you're complicit in the violence. But I also think as a person of color, I'm, you know, obviously I'm not a black person, but I can tell you this. I would rather have someone say nothing and help others in the way they can. Here's a prideful thing. These celebrities put out this PSA. We're here. We own it all. And it was one of the most tone deaf things I'd ever seen. There were so many celebrities and they were all white. And they were talking about how they own their That's racism. Like I take responsibility. I, take responsibility. I it was do actually this. produced by the NAACP. Right. But that doesn't, I mean, th there's a better message out there delivered a better way hmm. than celebrities giving us their hot take <laughs> on racism and how they've, every time I've made the joke and, and, you know, when I've been in a movie and they've made the guy delivering the food with the accent, the joke, I take responsibility. Really? Because because it's really easy to look back right now and say, I'm covering my own ass. So you're yeah. thinking that's hubristic pride. What would authentic pride look like for those celebrities? Because one could argue they're trying change. to use their influence. Change. Don't give me a goddamn PSA because that doesn't change anything. That makes you feel better. That's like, I take responsibility. Now, okay, it's a reset for me because there are people of color and black people that are still aren't getting roles in Hollywood and television because of their color. Yeah. It's about making change. And if you really wanted to do this, if you really wanted to show the right side of pride, then you would say, hey... I'm funding a film or I'm, I'm working for scale for this black director and I'm going to use my influence to cast more people of color, not as delivery drivers, not as cab drivers, not as janitors and maintenance people. Do something. And if you're going to publicize that, then 
help people understand what examples of action they can take. Don't give me that shit where I take responsibility and all that stuff. How is that not any different than the woman who pulled up when they were boarding up the walls after the protests? She grabbed a drill, took a picture, and then jumped in her car and posted it on Facebook. You know, like, how is that any different? Because you took a time, you took time and you set it to music. Like, yeah. what? There's no goddamn difference. Sometimes picking the right music is really difficult. Awesome. Very, <laughs> no, very No, I, I hear you. I mean, that's really what... For me, the takeaway is in this conversation about pride is pride can be a really beautiful thing if you think about action. Mm -hmm. What actions have people taken to get us to where we are that I can feel some degree of gratitude for Mm -hmm. because they help me get to where I am? And what specific action can I take to get us further versus what things can I say or what things can I be associated with? To dodge a bullet or or whatever. Look, I've been joking that this is a sin. Yeah, what's the final verdict? From the get-go, I believe this is a virtue. What? Swerve. (laughs) Swerve. If you say the word pride to me, I think of two things. A group of lions (laughs) and I think of the LGBTQIA community, what it means to someone who can look out and see on television on television that they're airing this that they're showing pride month and 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 everyone has like hulu pride month and all this stuff that they can see normality with what they feel mm-hmm. and and that that to me that gives me pride in humanity that makes me proud of of like people and yeah. i want to feel proud about people again right now i i don't feel proud I'm someone, like I told you before, who loves history, who loves where we've all come from, from making tools, from developing language, to singing songs for the first time. Those are the things I'm proud of. And right now, I just feel like we lost that. And we're so in tune with being right and being proud of being right that we hang on, that we won't let anything in. We won't let any information in. So that's what I think of when I think of pride. That's why I think it's a virtue, because... We're here. We may not be where we want to be yet, for sure, for damn sure. But the fact that the LGBTQIA community is marching with Black Lives Matter and supporting it right now, that makes me proud. (laughs) And I guess what I'm feeling right now in response to that, because throughout this conversation, I'm like, why would you be proud of something you didn't do? But as you say that, I'm like, oh, that's in me too. If that's in my fellow species, then I'm capable of that too. Mm -hmm. I can make progress. I can help others. And so is the other thing. The hate is in us too. Right. You know, we share that with our earthlings as well. But the pride also to do what's right. So to celebrate Pride Month, take the time to honor and celebrate the accomplishments of the people who came before us, who've given us greater justice and safety and, as you said, freedom to just be ourselves, even though there's still a long road ahead. And then do something to make life better for those who come after us. Make them proud to be earthlings, as you said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and if you are a proud listener of this podcast, please remember to spread the word or just drop us a line on Instagram and say hi. Thank you for spending some time with us and thank you for listening to Talk Talk Psych to Me. Me.